to the Urban Planners Podcast, hosted by Gigi the Planner. This podcast is about all things urban planning related and otherwise. In this setting, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the planning field. We'll even delve into some very controversial topics involving the role planners have to take in their everyday lives and jobs. Without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. This This is Gigi the Planner. Welcome to episode 18 of the Urban Planners Podcast. In today's episode, I will be continuing my Black Urbanist Speak Out series, and I'll be interviewing Gordon Linton from Georgia, and we will be talking about what it's like being a Black male urbanist. Hope you all enjoy. Thank you, Gordon, for joining me for the Urban Planners Podcast. No problem. I enjoy listening to your podcast a lot, so it's this honor to be on here. Awesome. So let's just jump right into it. So every planner has a story about how they got into the field of planning. What is yours? Well, for starters, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Deport Valley State University. I wanted to go into law school, but obviously the LSAT kind of took me in another direction. And I was stuck at one point. And during that time, I was stuck, I was confused, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So one of my close friends recommended me to go to University of West Georgia to get a master's in public administration. And so I thought about it and I did, and I got accepted. And I went there knowing without any idea what I wanted to do. And so after my first year, then came my second year and I remember this day specifically. So. One of my former professors passed away. They were throwing away some of his books. And one of my professors asked us, hey, do you want, has me and my former colleagues, do you want some of his books? I was like, oh, yes, I I do. So I took some of his books. And while I was going through some of his books, I noticed I stumbled upon books about urban, urban America, urban rural America. And I took some of them. And I went back to the apartment. While I was going through his books, I stumbled upon a book that talked about local government and I started reading it. And it was chapter four about planning. I was like, hmm, I never heard of planning before. I never heard about urban planning or anything like that. So I started reading it and I got interested in it. And from there, I started reading different articles about planning, what do planners do, what are the responsibilities? And I was like, yes, this is the field that I wanted to do. So that's how I got my interest in urban planning. From there, I went to do my internship. Carrollton was which is close by where the University of West Georgia is. Did the internship there from fall 2016 to spring of 2017. And I graduated with my until master's in public administration. So from there, it took a while for me to get a job. I got a job in 2018 as a community development planner. And from there, things didn't really work out that position. And I came back, moved back here to Stockbridge, which is where I live now. And I couldn't find a job until last year. And I got the internship at the city of Stockbridge. And from there, the rest is history, as they say. I interned there from August to December of 2019. And from there, I became a full-time planner. So... It was a very exciting, but, you know, humble journey for Lise to start my urban planning career. And I enjoyed it so far. 
Awesome. So being that you have your master's in public administration, I know you briefly indicated that it took you a while to get into the planning field and get a job. So what were some of the barriers that you noticed because you possibly had the degree in public administration? One of the things that I, that I kind of struggled with was that I think because of my experience um, with the internship, because I did a lot with my internship, but they were asking a lot more than expected. And I didn't do a lot of, you know, site planning or anything like that. So for a while, I kept on getting rejections with, you know, no's like, hey, you know, sorry, things didn't work out. You know, we moved on to different candidates. And I got a little bit frustrated, but after a while, I just trusted with what God wanted me to do. And I know that I wanted to do urban planning. I know the MPA, the master's in public administration, it varies. So I was like, it varies from different areas and people were telling me to switch different jobs to, to another career. And I was like, no, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to do urban planning. And so I, I noticed that because I didn't have a experience within the, as they asked, because they asked me to, you know, look at side plans and ask me a whole bunch of different questions about zoning, which I knew, but I didn't actually know, know what the ordinances were. So those were the things that kind of messed, messed up with the interviews, but thankful I got the internship and I'm learning a lot now. Awesome. So yeah, thanks for that. Cause I do know there are, there are those that listen to my podcast that some don't have like a, a background in planning, meaning they don't have degrees in planning. So sometimes people want to know like, is it possible to get into planning without an actual planning degree? So you just proved that it is possible. So thanks for yeah. the story about that. Yeah, it, it is possible. I mean, just because you have a degree in criminal justice doesn't mean you can still do urban planning. If you have that passion, you know, I would just suggest go and follow it. If things don't work out in what you really want to do, then you should find another route. Um, you should always have another uh, plan B, which I definitely had. And a lot of people told me to go to grad school. It's like, no, I don't want to go to grad school. I want to go to law school. But that didn't work out. So I just took a different route and the rest is history. <laughs> cool. And I was just thinking, you have the same degrees my sister has. She has a bachelor, bachelor's in criminal justice and a master's in public administration. And now she's trying to get a master's in music. So she doesn't want to, have to do nothing with those other two degrees at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a whole story. So please explain what your current job title is and what you do on a day-to-day basis. Okay, so as a planner for the city of Stockbridge, we have three different planners. One that works on residentials, another one that works on commercials. I'm the one that works on zoning compliance letters. I do zoning verification letters and I do sign permit reviews. The zoning compliance letter is basically for anyone that's interested, like a real estate or a business that wants to know, hey, can I put this, is this allowed in the zoning district is in this particular area? And I would write up a letter, I would provide them with the history of the property, I would provide them with the parking requirements, the setbacks, and I would let them know, is this allowed or not allowed? So that's a zoning compliance letter. In the zoning verification letter, I most of it comes from the business department. So I have to verify if that proposed business is allowed there. Um, I have to look at the square footage to make sure that the, they meet the parking requirements. And 
and I verify that it's, it's allowable. The sign permits now make sure that the, the height of the sign and the, the height and width of the sign meets the, the build, the, the facade of the building, which is the height and width. And I make sure that based on the ordinance, that it complies, it complies with the ordinance. And if it's approved, it's approved. If not, then I tell them, you know, it's revisions required. So those are all the day-to-day responsibilities that I do so far in my first year of urban planning. Well, I actually do exactly all those things too. <laughs> I mean, they're called a little bit, they're actually, you know, called a little bit different terms, but I do those same things. Um, and yeah, I've basically been doing it for about six and a half, seven years almost. And I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I would say that one of my favorite is the, the sign permits because I thought about it because I wanted to take pictures of the signs that I approved just as a hobby, just to make it more fun. Because I think, as you know, plan, each planner has a niche. And I feel like um, taking pictures of the sign and showing people how the signs are being looked at, because a lot of people may not know the process of how, you know, wall signs are permitted, how monument signs are permitted. So that would be my niche right there, is to showing people that, hey, this, these are the signs that I approved. And so far, I've been getting a lot of feedback. I say, man, this, is this what you do? I say, yeah, for the most part, I, this is one of my favorite things to do so far my first year. Cool. And I was just thinking about, I had approved. Actually, I didn't approve. And I'm not even sure if the permit ever got approved for the sign. Um, it was for a movie theater. They were switching um, from movie code to AMC. And they went to keep some of the same signs and based upon the location and everything and how it was designed, it wasn't going to be permitted. So I rejected it. And then I was driving down the street. I'm like, that is officially the sign that I rejected. Like, why did they just go ahead and put it up anyway? But that's, that's very common. They, people do work without. So that's one of the bad parts of uh, planning that, you know, you see some of the signs and you you deny it, but then they have to decide, hey, you know, I want I still want to put this sign up and they still do. I'm like, why? We just denied you. <laughs> so yeah. No, I understand that. I, I get a lot of people that come to me and say, Well, I came to city to get a permit so I can do the right thing. And then on the flip side, I'm like, Well, I'm telling you the right way to do it, how to get approved. And they're like, well, somebody else did it this way. And then I said, well, you can go ahead and do whatever you want. And you may or may not get caught. Use that to your own discretion. I can't force or prevent you from doing whatever you want to do at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, so that's that's the story of my life <laughs> as a planner, honestly. Okay, so what are some pros and cons about your current job? The pros and cons of my job right now is I'm learning a lot because this this is my first time actually entering into the field of planning. And even prior to this, one of my mentors told me that you're going to have a hands-on experience with it during my internship. And I finally realized what he meant because I love helping people out. And that's why I love being a planner is that you help out with the business. You want to make sure that they're doing the right things throughout the whole permitting process and 
that's one of the pros of that, that I love so far. I enjoy hearing people's backgrounds. I enjoy talking to the, to the citizens and the applicants because they need help and you're the main one that's going to help them. Now on the bad side, I will say one of the cons of my job so far is the customers because some of them can be a little bit pushy. Like they want this to be approved. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen like that. It takes time. Everything takes time. You have to have patience. And that's why I learned. I'm learning a lot about being a planner is that you have to have a lot of patience with these customers because there are times in which they want that letter. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to make sure that this letter is properly complete so you can understand it. And it's it's just the customers for me so far. So, but other than that, I really don't see any other cons than that, but I'm I'm loving it so far. <laughs> awesome. I, I can totally resonate with that. I have had to deal with a lot of negative customers over the years. And originally I enjoyed customer service. And then it's just, I mean, like I said, I've been in this seven years now. So (laughs) eventually it just became a drag. Now, of course, if they're pleasant with me, I'll be pleasant with them. And not to say that when they're unpleasant with me that I'm unpleasant with them, but the, the conversation doesn't always end so well. And doesn't matter what I say, they still don't want to listen. So I can totally um, resonate with what you're saying as it relates to that. Because, yeah, I deal with that literally every single day. And the patience is like one of the main things that I deal with in my department. And I, I would say that we get our work done pretty fast in our office as it relates to reviewing things. And um, in comparison, especially in comparison to other cities and other places and it's like you, you can't get it done fast enough for them if it's not mm-hmm. done like five minutes ago then it's not fast enough so that that's one of my my biggest things dealing with them is that somebody will come to me and say well i just have one little thing can you just review it right now well i already have like 20 other permits that's ahead of yours and i go in sequence it's only fair for me to review in sequence this isn't my only task. Like I do other things besides just this one thing. I have to respond to phone calls, emails, other th- other tasks, not just this one task. So, you know, people get frustrated that, you know, things aren't done as fast as they want them to be done. And it doesn't matter how many people we hire, we can never be fast enough for them, honestly. Yeah. And I would say that our process takes five to 10 business days for the zoning compliance center to be approved. And I come on the first come, first serve. And so I tell them like, look, it's going to be finished and I'll let you know. I'll send you an email and let you know that, hey, here's attached to your computer some zoning compliance letter. And they, they'll be fine with it. But then you have some others that, hey, what's, what's the latest on my zoning compliance letter? Like, I just talked to you two days ago is not ready yet. And the same thing with the sign permits. They ask us like, when when is the sign permit going to be approved? I'm like, we just got it yesterday. It's not going to be approved just like that. It takes time. (laughs) Yeah. I I deal with the same issues. Okay. So as my listeners know, this is the the third part of my Black Urban Speak Out series. And 
I just want to talk about a lot of different things as it relates to being a Black urbanist in America. So delving into some deeper questions. So being a Black male in the field of predominantly white males, what challenges have you faced thus far? Ooh, I, f- I faced a lot of, I faced a lot of challenges in my first year, but even, even if then I faced a lot of challenges in planning period that I've done so far. I remember when I was doing, at my previous job that I had to go to do a past, I had to go to do a meeting. And when I went to the meeting, because I had to prepare updates regarding hazard mitigation, and I went there, and man, when I tell you I was I was nervous, but seeing all white people in the room, and I was the only black person, and I was looking around like, hey, was there a brother around here? Is there a sister around here? And I was nervous. I'm like, where the rest of them? Ain't nobody black in here? I was nervous, so they can tell that I was really nervous, but that experience right there was very humbling. And every time I went to different meetings, I was literally, I was the only black person there. We had a couple, at least another person in the meeting that was black, but majority of the times at my previous job, I was literally the only black person. And I said to myself, this, this can't be it. There should be a lot more diversity. But that experience that I had with the meeting, that meeting that day, I was, I was nervous and I felt kind of in, intimidated because you had a lot of white people there. And they were like, who's this guy? But I was able to present my, my, my information to them and they were very pleased with it. But at the same time, I was just like, there should be more people of my color at this meeting. So that was probably the only time I've ever had to deal with, with a situation like that, especially in this day and age. Uh, when we're talking about urban planning and the role that Blacks have to play in urban planning. And I will immediately automatically go to that experience back to that day because that changed my whole perspective on planning as it relates to being a Black planner. Mm -hmm. I, I can totally resonate with that as well as it relates to being the only Black person in the room. For a large majority of my career, I've been the only Black person in my department. So that was my story for, for a very long time. When I when I started with the city, there was a Black guy there, and he was there for my first year, and then he left. And then it was just me for about like five years. And then I started working there about a year ago. So... For, for a good five years, it was just me. And so I just kept my mouth shut most of the time, honestly. I didn't even say anything because I didn't want to sound stupid. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just zipped my lips. Okay, so what are the demographics like in your office? And have you noticed you being treated differently than your coworkers based upon you know, being Black? So my my. Where I'm working right now, it's definitely diverse. You have, it's definitely mixed as far as in the planning department. My bosses, she's black, and then you have two other planners who are white, and I'm black. But the rest of the other people in the department, they're very diverse, and we're very fun going, 
we understand our goals with the city, but at the same time, we have fun with it. And no one has ever treated me or looked at me the wrong way so far um, because I'm a respected person. I respect people. And I always say, do unto others as they have done unto you. So I try to be respectful, nice, and um, always trying to help out whenever needed. But it's very diverse. I love it. It's it's very it's very encouraging so in my field to see um, in my career so far to have a diverse team and we get things done. We got a whole lot of work done. That's really good to hear that because I I don't hear that often as it relates to being you know a black person in the planning field, being in a department that is diverse. I mean, my department is somewhat diverse, but not diverse to the point where there is enough blacks specifically. Jewish, white, Asian, Hispanic, but I was the only black. So and my department was fairly large. So I felt, you know, that it, that that whole pressure. And then I also dealt with being really young. So that was a whole nother thing that I had to, and still am dealing with. But yeah, I've been the only black, like I said, and I've <laughs> been working there and oftentimes wanted to just go work for a city that was like predominantly black so that I could be in the room with other people that look like me. But yeah, so that's good that you have a diverse demographics in your office. So have you experienced any racism from the general public at your job? Like those customers or people from the outside. And have you had any issues with them assuming that you are qualified to assist them? I haven't had that much racism coming towards me so far. I look at everyone, I look at things right now. We all have to respect each other. So as long as you respect me and I respect you, but I haven't had that many issues with people coming there and being racist so far. I don't think I've had. I know in my previous position, there there wasn't any time at all, but they would warn me because I was the only black person working in at that at that job. They would warn me like, hey, you have to be very careful. You're you're black, so you have to be very careful working with people in the South. So I I kept my guard up a lot of a lot of times, but I didn't have any issues down there either. So I haven't really experienced a lot of racism so so far, which I'm very thankful for. But like I said earlier, doing to others as they have done to you. So I try to be respectful, help them out in any type of way. And so I haven't seen that much so far. <laughs> That's good. Honestly, I haven't experienced a whole lot myself. And maybe I've maybe been somewhat naive to some of the experience that, that may have been somebody was maybe being racist towards me. But I have had a few experiences. Okay, so in the wake of current events, how have you been doing as it relates to your colleagues? Do you feel as if they're trying to overcompensate based on the current climate? Or has nothing been mentioned within your office about what's going on? I haven't had any type of discussions with anyone regarding what's going on. We're in the office on a rotational basis, but I've had a conversation with one of my colleagues about it, and we we felt the same type of way regarding what's going on as far as the racism 
And as far as with the whole George Floyd, which was really terrible and very sad to see. And we, we talked about it for a while and we've had some discussions about it, but other than that, that was probably the only time I had a discussion. And it, as far as being real, like being honest, deep down inside, I, I feel a certain type of way about it. And because we're fed up, I'm fed up. I'm tired of seeing hashtags being attached to my people. And I feel a certain type of way about it. Um, but I haven't really talked to, talked about it with anyone else in, in my department so far. <laughs> okay, cool. Because the reason why I wanted to ask that question is because I know based upon what's happened recently, a lot of different organizations, companies, cities, whatever have been, you know, putting things into place to sort of, I guess, sure that they are you know, in solidarity with what's going on. And so I just wanted to know if your department has done anything. I know we're still in this like COVID-19 thing. So a lot of people are still working from home. So I know probably maybe not so much. Honestly, with my department, nothing has been mentioned at all. Yeah, nothing has been mentioned at all. We have staff meetings, virtual staff meetings, but nothing has been mentioned about, you know, how they may be trying to be more diverse or be more Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Okay, so please talk about the importance of being a Black urban planner and why we are needed. I believe that Black urban planners are needed, especially in this time, because I look at one of my favorite things that I like to say is planning is essential for the growth of a community. And I believe that every voice should be heard. And I believe that we should focus on helping out the lower income communities, we should be able to listen to them, understand their ideas, because right now we're living in a time where, you know, things are not going right. And we, we have to make sure as black urban planners that we listen to them and we have to make sure that their voices are heard at the table. How can I be a planner and not listen to the voices? How can I not be a planner and literally sit there when we're trying to figure out comprehensive plans when I don't include my own people. That's how I look at it. And I remember a survey that was done by APA, by an American Planning Association that said that only 4% of planners are black. And I was stunned. I was, I was like, wait, what, seriously? I was like, why? And so we need that diversity. It is, it is so important that Amer- the APA needs to go have have this discussion because we need a lot more diversity in this field of planning. It shouldn't be dominated mostly by whites. We should have a diverse field. We should be up there in the in the nineties, in the in the eighties at least, not four percent. And I believe that in this in in this especially in this day and age where we need we need that diversity. How can we move forward if we don't have diversity in the field? And I, I see a lot of other people saying the same thing that we need diversity. There's there's no way we can go into the future without having this important discussion. I totally agree with you on that. And yeah, it's really unfortunate the number of black planners that there are. And I think one of the most important things to do is just teach our youth about the field because we can say that we need to have more black planners, but unless black kids find out about 
the planning field, we will never have more black planners. So we need right. to, you know, start teaching the kids about other types of fields that they could pursue besides trying to be a football player, basketball player or something. So there's more to school than sports. And that's what most black kids are trying to get into. And they don't even make it professionally. So yeah, I, I think it's exposure needs to start at the bottom and then that will help us increase the number of black planners. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. I think we should definitely have at least a workshop to talk about, to introduce to the black children about planning because a lot of them don't know about it. I didn't know about it. And from the stories that I've heard so far, no, some of them didn't even know about urban planning unless you have family that does planning and unless you have people around you that knows about planning. But a lot of times, a lot of what I'm hearing so far is that I didn't, they didn't know about urban planning like I did. I didn't know anything about urban planning. None of my, well, none of my, some of my friends, they know about urban planning, but majority of them, they don't. They look at me like, what is urban planning? I'm like, I have to give them a short story version of what I do. And so I think it's so important to educate the youth, but not only that, but educate the public as well about urban planning and about community development because it is important. Planning is important, it's essential for the growth of a city and community. And without it, the city won't move forward. You know, we look at planners, we look at us like the ecosystem. And if we don't have the proper ecosystem, it's not gonna move forward. So that's how I look at planning. Planning is an ecosystem. And if we move forward properly with the right team, then it's, it's not gonna break. But if we don't have that, that lack of understanding, then it's not gonna move forward. I totally agree with you on that. Okay, so what advice would you give future Black male planners as they begin to navigate into the planning field? One of the best advice I can give to them right now is don't give up on what you want to do. If you want to do urban planning, then go for it. I was reading a book a while back that said, faith is a willingness to look foolish. And you are gonna look foolish going into a field that is mostly dominated by whites. But at the end of the day, you're gonna even look more foolish if you don't pursue that career. And so that's the best advice I can tell them is don't be scared by what other people tell you. Make sure that you read about planning, make sure you understand you know, the, the role of urban planning that has to play in a society in, um, in a city and take take different courses um on planning and especially with gis i would definitely recommend anyone to go into the field of gis and make sure that you have a mentor too because i have about three mentors actually that are black and that they help me um along the way into me getting into this field so i'm grateful for that but networking is key but the most important thing I would say is don't give up. Don't give up on your passion. Make sure you go for it. And it's, it's, it's not going to be easy. The journey is not going to be easy at all, but it's going to be much more smoother once you make it to the top. And don't be complacent at all. Um, just keep moving forward. And, you know, with every no, there's going to be a yes. So my, my advice for those who are graduating right now with their degree in planning is that 
with every no that you may have in your rejection letter, with every no you may have in an email, there's going to be a yes. There's always going to be somewhere out there with a yes. And that's my advice for, for a Black person going into planning, specifically males. Thanks so much for that. And hopefully they'll be listening in and take advice. So please provide your social media platform so that people can connect with you. So I have LinkedIn as well. And I have my IG, my Instagram, which is Mr. Florida Boy, Mr. Florida Boy 29. Those are the only two main ones that I use. And on my Instagram, sometimes I post out there the responsibilities of a fanner. And I may post, post like a, a story about the signs that I've approved as well. So I'm just using my platform to make sure that people understand the, the importance of urban planning. And it can be so fun because it is fun. It's a, it's a fun field to, to be a part of. And I, I want to use my platform like how you are to make sure that everyone understands planning. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today on my podcast. And um, I hope you have a good night. Thank you. Same to you. I'm grateful to be on here. Okay. Thanks. Thank you all for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to be interviewed in a future episode, please head over to my website at ggtheplanner.com and select the interview tab and you can request to be interviewed by me in a future episode. That's all for today, folks. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Urban Planners Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over and leave a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast so that you won't miss out on an episode. If you would like to buy personalized urban planning gear and other products or are in need of some urban planning career coaching, please head over to ggtheplanner.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at ggtheplanner. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.